time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in 5th Avenue Faceoff. Make sure you follow this podcast inside your Odyssey app. You'll get new episodes as soon as they are ready. I'm Chris Mack, 93.7 The Fan and The Fan Morning Show. Don't forget YouTube as well. Go to 93.7 The Fan's YouTube page. Uh, you'll get new videos once you click on the notification button uh, from 93.7 The Fan as soon as they are ready, including full episodes of 5th Avenue Faceoff, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review, and by all means, send questions in. Chris.Mack, M-A-C-K, at odyssey.com, or just follow me on Twitter, at Mac. You can send questions in that way as well. And I asked for a mailbag of sorts. Give me your questions. And we got some. Uh, I think there was a general malaise and depression setting in on Saturday, especially after the game on Saturday night. So probably not as many questions, to be quite honest, as I expected. But there are some in there that, to be quite honest, they all have the same theme of long term. Now what? Uh, And let's start with Christy. I think it was Christy followed by a bunch of digits on Twitter who said, how would you handle Tristan Jari's pending UFA unrestricted free agent status this offseason? I'll tell you how I'd handle it. Let him walk. Let him walk. Uh, if he gets a multi-year deal from anybody out there, by all means, let him go. Um, Right now, and I saw Joe Starkey tweet this out earlier, so I want to make sure I get it right and give him credit for it. Joe Starkey uh, of Cook and Joe on 93.7 The Fan. A very telling number. I think it's a very telling number. He just kind of threw it out there without context for people to do with what they please. Um, But this tells me a lot. Joe Starkey tweeted this Sunday morning at about 10.30 a.m. He says, make of this what you will. I simply find it interesting. Save percentage. This season, in 38 games, Tristan Jari, a 9.07 save percentage. Numbers obviously have been much worse over the last month or so since he came back from injury when he's been pulled four times in 11 games. Casey DeSmith, in 34 games this year, also a 9.07 save percentage. Career numbers, save percentage. Jari, over 197 games, 9.13 save percentage. Casey DeSmith, career, over 130 games, save percentage. 913. We've led ourselves to believe that because of his work in the regular season the past few years, when he wasn't hurt, Tristan Jari is a number one goaltender. I'm here to tell you Tristan Jari has proven over the last couple of years that he's not a number one goaltender. He'd be an excellent backup, be a great backup, I think, to a team that has a legit number one. He'd be a great 1B to a 1A. He would essentially be a fantastic, well, Casey DeSmith, his role right now, to an elite goaltender. But that's not what the Penguins ask him to be. The Penguins ask Tristan Jari to be their 1A, to be their guy. And that's what I think he's going to expect to get on the open market, whether he actually performs that way or not. I don't think he should. At least up until this point, I think that's what he expected to get once he hit the open market, if he hit the open market. But if you look at it, who in their right mind, short of Tristan Jari going into a first-round playoff series and pitching four consecutive shutouts against the Boston Bruins or Carolina Hurricanes or New Jersey Devils, 
Short of him pitching four consecutive shutouts against one of those teams, the top of the Eastern Conference, does anybody look at Tristan Jari as a guy who can win a playoff series for a team? And by win a playoff series for a team, I mean, does he look like a guy who can grab a playoff series by the throat and just take control? No, he doesn't. He doesn't even look like a guy who can win big games in the regular season right now. At least he had that going for him last year. This year, doesn't even have that going for him. He looks abysmal at times. And the numbers that I just read from Joe Starkey's Twitter account outline that he is no better than Casey DeSmith, who we all widely acknowledge probably shouldn't have been given a contract extension this offseason. He's a backup. He's a pretty good backup at times, especially the way this team plays in front of him. He's a very good backup at times. Other times, he leaves a lot to be desired. Point being, he's a backup. He's a number two in this league. Casey DeSmith. If you had a great number one who you didn't have to rely on number two for all that often, you'd be okay. If you had a very healthy number one, who again, you never had to rely on number two for, or at least not all that often, you'd be okay with Casey DeSmith as your number two. Tristan Jari is neither reliable nor great. He is, as I just outlined a moment ago, a 1B to a really great 1A. But the Penguins don't have a 1A. And they don't have anything in the pipeline for that matter either. You know, you you scroll through what's down there in the system and it is not very deep at all. Philip Lindbergh. That's really it. That, That they don't have the next thing coming up along the way. They're going to have to go out and shop in free agency or via a trade this off season. I would not have a problem with letting Jari and DeSmith go trade DeSmith move Jari, or hold on to DeSmith as your number two if you can go out and get a great number one. But that doesn't look all that likely. I I mean, where's the cap space going to come from? They don't have it. They don't. And I'll just, again, I'll I'll go through an exercise with you right now. As you're watching on YouTube, listening on your Odyssey app or however you get your podcast, I'm going to go to Cap Friendly, great NHL salary cap website. And I'm just going to search for free agents this upcoming offseason. And let's see, we want goalie stats. Yes, sir. Um, And yeah, give me advanced stats too while we're at it. Age, current team, position. Um, Just give me goaltenders. I don't need everybody. Just give me goaltenders, guys. Ah, here we go. Position, goaltender. All right, status. I want UFAs. That's what I want. Um, So I'm going to grab some UFAs for... This coming off season, and let's just see what we get. Okay, Tristan Jari is going to be in the mix there. There's going to be a bunch of older guys in the mix as well. But if we just sort it by expected goals against per sixty, okay, expected goals against per sixty, we're going to get a Jonas Johansson from Colorado, who's only played in two games, so his numbers are wonky. But you're going to end up with a bunch of guys who are older. I wouldn't necessarily consider elite pretty good. Auntie Ranta, Freddie Anderson, Jonathan Quick, uh, Martin Jones. Those are the guys you're going to end up with. I mean, there's a few here and there that are playing more regularly. Jones probably a little more regularly than Quick now that uh, everything has settled down for him in Vegas. He might actually play more down the stretch. My point is this. You very quickly, Yaroslav Halak, who's played 20 games for the Rangers, 
you very quickly get down the list and there's Tristan Jari staring you in the face again. There's not a lot out there on the free agent market. So you're going to have to probably pull a trade. And if you're going to detach yourself from both goaltenders, Jari and DeSmith, I would think a veteran backup, one of these Ronta, Anderson, Quick, Jones types, would be the answer for your veteran backup, your veteran 1B to a really good 1A. But who's going to be the 1A? There isn't anything out there, guys. There isn't. There just isn't. And so you're left scrolling through this list and seeing a bunch of veterans, retreads, guys who simply aren't going to be the elite goaltender you need to steal a series for you at some point in the playoffs. So when you ask me, what would I do with Jari and his pending unrestricted free agent status this offseason? I'd let him walk. And if he didn't get a multi-year offer from somebody, I'd bring him back on a one-year prove-it deal. And because I'm not going to be able to get anything better on the open market. If I could pull off a trade, maybe. But as we've seen, Ron Hextall, not the best trader of assets. Just not. He, he's just, he's not good at trades, for lack of a better way to put it. So thank you, Christy, for the question. Mailbag question number two. Now that it's been two weeks since the trade deadline, has your opinion changed? That one from Brent. Um, no, not really. Uh, I was hopeful Kulikov being added to the lineup would mean Brian Dumoulin getting benched. It didn't. It meant POJ hit the press box and then Kulikov got hurt. And there was no way they could bench Dumoulin at that point. So Dumoulin continues to play, continues to do terribly, terribly stupid things with the hockey puck. Uh, so hard to evaluate Kulikov to this point. I liked the addition of Nick Benino as a depth center, um, but he's hurt. Might not be back until about a week or so before the playoffs start. Maybe maybe 10 to 12 days before the playoffs start. Uh, either way, I like Benino, but they won't really be able to use him before the playoffs come around. Assuming, again, they do solidify a playoff spot. Uh, and Mikhail Granlund is, you know, there. I, I talked about the Penguins being mediocre. Um, there is... There is no more mediocre. Uh, there's no more mediocre player on this team right now. I don't think than Mikhail Granlund. If you've seen The Hangover Part Two, remember Stu, who is played by uh, the, the actor from The Office. I, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Stu, the guy with the glasses. He's the dentist, right? And um, he's getting married, right? They're having a destination wedding. Ed Helms. Producer Greg saving me in the chat window there. Ed Helms, who plays Stu in the Hangover movies, right? Well, in the Hangover 2, he's getting married in Thailand, right? And his future father-in-law gives this big speech at the rehearsal dinner uh, the night before the wedding about how Stu, he clearly doesn't like Stu, doesn't like the Ed Helms character. Stu is choke, right? Choke is this tasteless, bland, rice byproduct kind of thing that is supposed to be easy for, for old people and children to digest because it's just bland and average and mediocre. And that's what Stu is. Stu is choke. Mikhail Granlund is choke. He's just there. He's just easily digesting minutes. Look, he's not hasn't been as bad as we thought he would be. I don't think. He's managed to keep up with the pace of play 
uh, more so than he was towards the end of his time in Nashville, but he brings absolutely nothing to the table. He is the classic example. I'll use another, another analogy, this one from sports. He is the classic example of a fifth arm in the rotation or maybe middle relief guy out of the bullpen who just eats innings, right? You're down 8-2 in the top of the third, and you know this game isn't going anywhere on a given night. Bring that, yep, give me that guy out of the pen. Bring him in. He's just going to sop up four and a third to get us to the last inning or so of this game. He's an innings eater. Or as a starter, yeah, you know what? He's, he's fifth in our rotation, but all we're asking him to do is go out there and get us five, five and a third every five days. That's all we're asking. We're not even asking him to be particularly good at it. Just don't get blown out. He's an innings eater. That's Mikhail Granlund. But here's the problem. And this is where this starts to loop back around on Mike Sullivan. And thank you again for the question, Brent. To, to, the, the short answer is, uh, no, I don't feel any differently about the deadline than I did at the time that it happened. Uh, at the time of the deadline, I thought, eh, he did just enough, right? Just enough uh, to, to try and cover up some of his mistakes. But not enough for what would be a cup contending team. Certainly not. Um, and so the problem with guys like Granlund and to a lesser extent, your Archibalds. Um, I would say Carter, when he's playing what is you would consider his version of well, although his version of playing well is still just ugh, there. They're, they're minutes eaters. That's what they've become. They're, the, the depth lines on this team, you are simply ecstatic if they can just eat minutes without ending up with a negative differential, whether it be goal differential, shot differential, chance differential, if they can just break even, you're ecstatic, right? Think about it. When we've been the least bit satisfied with Jeff Carter's play or Brian Dumoulin's play or Mikhail Granlin's play over the last few weeks and months, it's been simply because, oh man, they didn't get absolutely dominated. That's not what you want from your third and fourth lines. I mean, if that's if that's all you're asking, and that's not even what you're asking, you'd like them to be more than just, again, to use the hangover analogy, choke. They're just innings eaters, minutes eaters. They are bland. They are nothing. They are just out there existing on the ice. And that's when they're playing well. When they're not playing well, they're getting absolutely roasted. Carter, Dumoulin, Granlin, not as much, but he's been exceedingly average. Uh, so I guess by by that notion, he's exceeded expectations. I don't know. I don't feel any differently, though, about the deadline as a whole as I did that day. I was somewhat underwhelmed, uh, and I'm still underwhelmed. One more question from the mailbag, uh, and then we'll get ready to wrap things up here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Uh, from Pat, the question was simply, uh, what are we doing here? And that's a great question for everyone involved now, isn't it? And I'll start, I'll start at the very top, right? I like Brian Burke a lot as a person. He seems like a great guy. You know, he put out this big statement. Today is uh, Sunday, March 19th, as I'm recording this. Put out this big statement uh, about Pride Night jerseys. This is in light of James Reimer of the Sharks not wanting to wear one in warmups. And I'm not going to go down the, the political avenue of that discussion. Uh, but Brian Burke feels very strongly about it and put out this big statement about his stance on it. And I'm not going to necessarily disagree with Brian Burke putting out that statement. But allow me, if, if I can, for just a moment to ask, 
Where's the same fire from Brian Burke or Ron Hextall or anyone within this organization for the on-ice product? I don't want to discount his stance and his belief, and it's a very strong one, about something off the ice. And again, I'm not going to go down the political aisle of that conversation, but I'd like to hear Brian Burke, above and beyond his belief uh, in the inclusion of everyone in the game of hockey and Pride Night jerseys being a symbolic gesture of that, I'd like to hear Brian Burke on this team and the general manager that works for him in the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'd like to hear from Ron Hextall more than once every three or four months when the team is flailing about trying to find itself and he's got to try and slap duct tape, not even flex tape. If it were flex tape, Phil Swift here for flex tape. If it were flex tape, he could slap it on the side of this thing and it would hold it together. It's not. It's some cheap duct tape he got at the dollar store that Hextall's trying to put things together with. I'd like to hear him, other than when he's slapping the cheap duct tape onto the side of the tank of water as it pours out the side and everything just starts to leak, right? I'd like to hear Mike Sullivan be honest with me. I mean, really honest about what he thinks about Brian Dumoulin, Jeff Carter, Guys that simply aren't getting it done. I know how you feel, Sully. I could see how many minutes Carter is playing these days, or more accurately, not playing. But I can also see the fact that you continue to roll him out there for important minutes, late in games, with your goaltender pulled on a power play. And you tell me it's because of the faceoffs. Great. He can win all the faceoffs he wants. If once he wins that faceoff, he is a complete and total liability to his team when, when he's on the ice, you can't put him out there. And I'd like some honest evaluation from Mike Sullivan. I don't know. Maybe we got it from him last month. Remember right before the deadline when he said, huh, you guys see our roster. We got what we got. I'm paraphrasing there, but that's basically what he said. I'd like to get a whole lot of honesty from the people in charge up to and including Fenway Sports Group. But that's a that's a postseason thing when I, somebody, anybody from them should speak to the fans in this town about what they actually expect going forward. Because if they keep Brian Burke, if they keep Ron Hextall in power, and I know a lot of people are pushing the Sullivan button now too, but if they keep the people in power, in charge, in those positions of power, what's to lead you to believe that anything is going to go differently next year? Another wasted year of Crosby, Malkin, Latang down, out the door. What leads you to believe things are going to change? Nothing. So when you ask the question, Pat, as you did. And thank you for the question. Again, chris.mac at odyssey.com. Throw those questions at me for the next mailbag. Um, when you ask the question, uh, what are we doing here? My answer is, I don't know. And the scarier part is, they don't know. They don't. Fenway doesn't know. Burke doesn't know. Hextall doesn't know. Sullivan doesn't know what to do with what he has on hand. So from the top down, nobody knows. That's the scariest part. That's the worst place you can be. Mediocre, like I said earlier, and not knowing which direction you want to go or how you're going to get in whatever direction you want to go. Man, flailing about is what they are. I picture uh, if you've ever been in a grocery store with a tired and hungry toddler, when they just kind of throw themselves down on the floor and they just, uh, they're whining and moaning, arms and legs kicking about everywhere. Because they don't know. They don't know what they want. They don't know what they need. They're just a tired, hungry toddler. My suggestion would be Fenway, 
Brian Burke, Ron Hextall. They're the tired, hungry toddlers who have no idea what the hell to do next. So they're just going to lay on the floor and flail about. Thanks for the questions, though, guys. Um, all right, we've talked about where they are right now. We've talk- talked about uh, long-term, where they're going in the future. Nobody knows. Shh, don't tell anyone. What about the more immediate future? Like, bro, they got Ottawa on Monday, and then they got to go out west against some really good teams. Talk about that next, right here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. 